0: Mr Mr. Craig.
1: Remember that band Mr Mr?
0: Mr. Mr. Craig was the original title, right?
1: Mr. Mr. Jason, that's correct. (laughs) Hmm.
0: Well, Mr. Craig, I have a question for you.
1: Do you? I know. I need you to
0: answer me a question.
1: And I will.
0: Who do we have Mr. Craig?
1: Well, Mr. Jason, we have Dimitri. Apostle, Damn. appealing, <laughs> oh, to the ceiling, <laughs> for, for reeling when he's dealing. Dang! <laughs> doesn't, make any, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> does it
0: need to, Mr. Craig.
1: Oh, let's do this.
0: <laughs> Buckle up, it's the Insurance Dudes Podcast.
1: Boom! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Dimitri, how you doing, my man?
2: Good, good. How are you?
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome to the Insurance Dudes. Welcome
2: to the Dudes. Yeah, thanks you for having deep. me. Appreciate
1: it. You look like an Insurance Dude yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we're we going to jump into the first question, which is, what is the first concert that you ever went to?
2: And uh, first concert. So... I'm not a big, you know, um, live music going guy, but um, Jeremy Camp was actually the first concert I ever went to. He's a Christian singer, um, just does a great job, uh, great performance. So that that was the first one I ever went to. How old were you? I was was in college, so probably 20-ish.
0: Your parents never dragged you to, like, Barney or the Wiggles or something?
2: Wiggles. No, man. I mean, my, my, my dad's from Greece. My mom's from Sweden. So, like, that, that kind of thing, we just, that for some reason, it wasn't part of what we did in our household.
1: <laughs> that's great. Cra- oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Did they play thing. a lot of ABBA? Uh,
2: might, no, they didn't, actually. A lot of Greek music. No Swedish music, but it was all straight yeah. Greek all the time. Straight Greek. <laughs> nice. Yeah.
1: Huh.
2: Awesome. awesome.
0: What's the my the, do they like my big fat Greek wedding?
2: Yeah, they do actually. It's like that is exactly what a Greek family looks like. That that was actually true to form. That was pretty good. That's awesome.
1: My wife loves yeah. that movie.
2: Minus the Windex, the Windex thing that was made up, and everything else.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> I can't remember the Windex. What was the Windex? It, it solves everything. It's right. Securing. Oh, that's <laughs> right. It does. It does I have more duct tape.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, cool. That's oh. awesome, man.
1: Yeah. Well, for folks who don't know who you are or have, uh, you know, would, uh, why don't you tell your story? Tell us how you <laughs> got into insurance. A little background. Uh, yeah. Go back. Definitely. You
2: know. So I um I'll, I'll back up all the way to college. So I went to school at Valparaiso University, which is just outside oh, Chicago. Um, went there for a student econ degree, and then right after college, I was kind of planning on staying in the Chicagoland area. And my dad was a Farm Bureau agent for 34 years. So he's like, you know, why don't you come home, check out insurance for the summer, see if that's something you like. And so I came home and after three months, I actually fell in love with it, which is insane um, to think that, you know, you fall in love with insurance. But, you know, every day was a little bit different. Um, Dealing with high-end clientele, you know, um, middle class, lower, everybody, had a kind of a an interesting dynamic. So every day was very different for me. So I, I really liked that. So started off there. Um, and then after about three years of doing that, I knew I had to go independent. Um, that was gonna be um, the right route for me. Uh, we were, you know, we were closing about 20 to 25%. And being a captive, that was decent. Um, but I wanted to capture a little bit more. So looking in the independent realm, um, not a lot of options as far as back then. I've been doing this for 18 years. So Back then, there wasn't some of the aggregators that are available today. So I, um, I someone I knew bought a very small agency. Um, I was able to get in um, kind of that you know, second year with him, and we grew that together to a fairly decent-sized agency. And then I was just kind of ready for a, a change. Man, I just wanted to have – I wanted to own my own agency. I wanted to do my own thing. I had a lot of ideas and, and things that were – um, different than what the industry was doing already so i'm like i want to i want to kind of stamp you know stamp myself into the industry and, and do something so non compete my wife and i hated the winners and were like let's move south so just identified three different markets dallas fort worth raleigh and charlotte i moved to charlotte not knowing anybody i took my life ah! savings and uh, started a scratch agency just in a in a new place crazy awesome.
0: So what so were some good. of those ideas that were burning through your skull that were that you wanted to try? And yeah, you know,
2: you know, yeah. So one of the big things for me was, you know, the the, indip- the the insurance industry has always had what we call producers, and I just um, I felt like there might be a better way to do that to focus on people's strengths. Um, so what I did is in my agency, it's it's an assembly line, so I don't have producers, none of them. So and we're a hundred percent referral based. So, you know, last year, I think we wrote 4,700 policies. Um, And, you know, the book of business. So I've been open for about seven years. We're over, we're about $11 million book of business, hundred percent referral. um, And we run very efficiently. So everybody has a specific job. So my job is to bring the business in, find the policies. And then I have other people that do quoting. I have two people that all they do all day is quote new, 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 um, new prospects. I have people that do data entry. So just kind of more of a streamlined process to focus in on, I mean, I don't want to enter stuff in AMS. I don't want to send, you know, stuff out for uh, signatures. I don't want, I don't want to do that stuff. And that's not my strong suit anyway. So just kind of playing at people's strong suits and, and, and seeing, you know, what that could look like if it, and if it is more efficient. So it was a trial and error and it, and it ended up being a pretty efficient way to run it.
1: That's awesome. How much, how much of that is automated? or is it all people like at each touch point or
2: you mean as far as what, like what?
1: Well, the assembly line.
2: Yeah. It's um, it's so there's some automation to it. So, I mean, you know, for instance, when a client calls in, you know, we've got a quote worksheet and it's, it's all, it's all web based. So they plug it in their information in um, and I, and I have two people in my office that take the info, they hit submit, and then it goes into a, an inbox folder that I've created and then at the end of the day, I take all those quotes because we run about a twenty-four hour turnaround on quotes. So I take all those quote um, uh, sheets, and then I put it in in each of my uh, quoter's workflow. So the next morning they come in and they've got x amount of quotes to do, and I what can monitor so well? their quotes. So I can see how many you know Bob's working on. I can see how many you know he's working on, she's working on. So I can kind of monitor the process as well.
0: That's wow. really cool. How did you start that with no, with no referrals? How do you start that um, with no so, Yeah, That was
2: uh, an interesting, uh, so for the first 12 months exactly, I bought leads. And so just to gain a little traction. And then in the meantime, um, I was meeting with realtors and lenders. That's how my, that's, it's realtors, lenders, and clients. That's, that's how I get all the business. So in the evenings, every night I would go out to any kind of art you know, networking event, anyone that would, you know. There's an opportunity for me to make a connection basically so and i and i still do that today but that's just that was that was something i did for really hard for 12 months i get in the office at seven i get home at 10 every single day and that was just that was my life crazy
0: man that is crazy how did you start building that process
2: um you know it was first. i just I just looked at the inefficiencies. You know at, you know, at first I'm taking the information down, I'm writing it down, I'm like, there's gotta be a better way. And so I'm researching things online, what is a better way? And so, um, you know, I came up with a, you know, the normal sheet that people have, and I'm like, there's gotta be something better than that. And so every, every step of the way, um, and, and every aspect of my business, I'm always looking at, okay, it took us like 10 minutes to get from A to Z, can we make that seven? Can we make it six without losing any quality? So just the I have a very like analytical uh, side to me. And that was just, it's, it's fun to do as well. Like, I feel like it's a challenge. Like let's, let's, let's see what we can do. We, we never know what we're capable of doing unless we really like do that. I mean, I never thought I would write 120 policies a week. I remember going down to, um, so I, I'm with Brightway insurance. So I remember going down the first day to look at doing a Brightway and I remember seeing a guy doing like 40 policies a week. I'm like, that's crazy. How is he doing that? That is almost thought it was impossible. But when you have people around you that are are pushing you and saying, no, it's not, you know, this is this is possible. You can do it. And then at that point, we're pushing each other to levels that we never thought we could get to. So it's just it's just constantly analyzing and seeing what you can do, what you can push yourself to do.
0: And we see that like I I see that as a common theme between everybody. You get into this business, and it's like, well. How do I even sell one policy right you know? and then it's like, okay I've sold a few now, how do we t- you know what I mean and then just constantly and then you look back and it's like, I could've done this from the beginning it's just i didn't I didn't have the faith in it like I didn't right. believe in it exactly what yeah. um what would you what what would you suggest to people coming into the industry as far as normally you ask this at the end, but I think this is appropriate yeah, right yeah. now.
2: <laughs> No, that's cool. Uh, you know, I think that you know, when you're coming into the industry and, and for me, you know, just some little battles, you know, stories for me. I mean, right off the bat, you know, I went to, I, I'll never forget this night. Um, I met one lender, him and I had drinks. We had a great time. He said, you know what, there's a, a grand opening of one of the other branches. Why don't you come? I'm like, great. So I went there, talked to like one or two people, um, thought I had a good connection, passed out a few cards. And at the end of the night, I, I had my little, you know, disposable glass of wine I put it in the garbage and in the garbage I saw my business card
1: huh.
2: and it like killed me. You know, I was like right at the beginning. And like, I'm, I was, it was extremely hard to get anyone to talk to me. So I was, you know, it was, but I just kept pushing forward. You know, I was like, that's okay. You know, I, someday that person's going to be a client. I'll never forget that. And they are And that whole office actually became clients, um, huh. you know, a years later, but it is, it's, it's such a tough business These, it's, I always tell people, I'm like, You're going to get throat punched on a daily basis. You just have to keep getting up and keep going. I think the ones that don't succeed are the ones that just, you know, they just, they they can't take it. You have to have really thick skin and you just have to have a very short term memory.
1: Yeah. Mm. And be persistent. Like you just, you just have to keep grinding, you know, grind, grind, grind. Um, People often are, are just get in their head. They're, They're so concerned about what everybody else thinks. And once you let that thing go, you know, then you can really step out. How, how did you move past that though? You just, you just were like, ah, cause it crushed you. Right.
2: So I actually had an aha moment. I, 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 share this with, I do some consulting work as well. So I always share this story cause I feel like it's, it's extremely important. It's kind of paramount to um, what happened with me. So when I moved, um, I took my family, I had, I had two kids, my wife, about 15 years. And so when we moved down here about seven years ago, um, she was totally supportive. So having, having a support around you, especially your family, like if you, it's hard to do this on an island, right? So like having people around you that friends and family that like believe in you is, 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 is step one. And then step two, you know, you, you open up a business and you're excited. You're an entrepreneur. You got your sign up on the thing and that's, that's all cool and great. But the honeymoon, you know, wears off after a couple months when you're, when you're writing these checks and, and there's no money coming in
1: mm-hmm. and I'll never
2: find yeah, I was putting my son to bed one night and I was struggling. You know, it was probably around the same time that those people were throwing my cards away. Everybody's telling me no. Um, I put him to bed and he goes, Daddy, why'd you do this? And I go, What do you mean? He goes, Why did you move us away from our friends and our family and everything we know? And this, this is like coming from like a nine year old and our eight year old actually. And, um, I said, it's going to be all good. And I get kind of like choked up about it. But so I so I said, it's going to be great. We're going to be fine. It's going to be a better life for us. I go in the hallway and I cried for a half hour. And then I said, playtime is over. I don't care that I'm an entrepreneur. I'm in the trenches. I'm grinding it out. And if I don't embrace the grind, if I don't embrace and love every aspect of it, the good and the bad, especially the bad right now, then it's, it's just not going to happen. So I had to have that mindset that, You know, I had to, it was sink or swim and I was going to do this for my family and the grind is everything. It's the bad, it's the good, it's the ugly, it's the beautiful, it's everything and you got to love all of them.
0: Yep. It's so true. It's like what people don't understand about entrepreneurship or just owning your own business or whatever, it's you're going to, if you want to succeed, you have to try stuff. You're only going to succeed at a few things that you try. Right. So it's like the failure is inevitable on so many levels. And if you can't like that, you're not going to, that's the job. That's yeah. the job of being a business owner. So yeah. if you don't like that, don't, don't be a business owner. It certainly don't complain about it because that's the choice you made. You know? Right.
2: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's uh, it's a crazy, it is, that is a huge mind shift. And I think that a lot of times when you, you know, a lot, some agents do complain, right? in yes. the industry what? I mean, things no. things are moving <laughs> things are move fast and, and there are a lot of changes um to be totally honest if it wasn't for you know a lot of things holding the industry back who who knows where it would be you know what i mean right. it would uh, who knows if we you know there would be so many agents so we're lucky to have you know a position at all <laughs> so some of right, our right. Right. but uh regardless of that um that's part of it is like if you don't like they don't understand that it's going to change. Like the, these crazy failures are, that's the job.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that, you know, to a certain degree, you know, I I don't, I I don't want to say society, like if you fail, you're a failure, right? Like there's almost like, there's no, it's black and white, either you succeed or you fail. And, and I think that, when you peel back, you know, the layers. Well, like you said, everybody fails. And I tell my kids every day, I'm like, "Would you fail at today? Failing means you tried something, and and in, yep. and that's the only way you grow." So I think that I think just people in general need a mindset, you know, you know, change. I think we just have to be okay with failing. There's nothing wrong with it. I failed you know, 20 different things I've tried in the last, you know, year that just didn't work, but I failed, I learned and I moved in a different direction. And that's the important thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like failure is inevitable. It, yeah. it is. It's a hundred percent. We do have to shift that and it's, it should be celebrated because it means Absolutely. you're trying something and the people that don't, I mean, you see it a lot of times, you see it with a lot of elderly people at some point, they're just done. Like I don't yeah. even want to try to learn anything, and um, it's it, it, it's honestly sad, you know. But then you right. see like an older person that does embrace that stuff, and they're like vibrant and everything. Yeah, it's like, absolutely. It's like, um, yeah, I don't know at what what point that we we become so risk adverse. I actually um, I did a I have a little podcast just just my like daily thoughts, and that was one that I did yesterday was on. At what point, like my kids, they're sponges. They don't have that voice inside them that's like, oh, I'm gonna fail if I try this. They just wanna try everything. Yeah, yeah. They don't care about, right. but at what point from the kid to the adult, do we get to this point where it's like, oh, okay, I, I'm not gonna try that because if I fail, it's like, I guess it's like attached to ego or something. If I fail, people are gonna think something. I mean, I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that's part of it, I'm sure, absolutely.
0: Yeah, it's it's a yeah. crazy thing to think about,
1: and people are and we're agents are so generous with giving out ideas and sharing, right? So there's even if you can't if you can't get the support at home, because you know like uh, with, like with this podcast, at home this this is this podcast talking about insurance dudes is off limits in the same way that at, at Jason's house, like yeah, she doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, no, right, that's right. fine. You know, I <laughs> I can talk about those kind this kind of stuff with Jason or whoever, I mean, we have a tremendous amount of people that we're able to connect with and talk about, you know, I mean, really, she doesn't want to hear about insurance either. So that's fine. You know, or (laughs) entrepreneurship, it's the, it's this roller coaster, right? So it's funny, because we're opposite my, uh, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm up and down constantly, and she's compliance. Yeah, Steady, Eddie, you know, so, (laughs) so the dynamic is really fun. It's, It's funny, but um, you know, there's so many people and we're in an age in, in 2020 where you can connect with anybody anywhere in the world. I mean, we're in three different places looking yeah. at each other, like we're in the same room and you can yep. do this all day, every day, you know? And so it's just, it's, it's just remarkable. So, Absolutely.
0: Yeah. yeah. My, my wife can, she's like, how do you have a podcast with insurance? That has got to be the most boring thing on the planet. <laughs> right? <laughs>
1: Well, we don't talk like, about staff. How, how many staff do you have?
2: So, um, so Brightway insurance, we're an aggregator that has a, um, it's, it's, a. we have a home office, you know, uh, renewals and service team. So in my office here in Charlotte, North Carolina, it's just, um, including myself, there's seven of us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's myself and two other full-time and then I have, um, Uh, four other part-time people, Um, one that does commercial. My dad actually came out of retirement and he kind of does commercial and he left early today, go biking, but he comes in for like half a day and does his thing. But then I have um, another few people that work remotely. So there's seven that makes, make the new business tick. And then I've got, it's economies of scale. So if I had to put a number it's by another seven people at the home office for accounting and and, um, service work.
1: It's amazing. 14 people to run $11 million. You said 11?
2: Yeah, just over 11.
1: Yeah. It's seven years.
2: I
0: love that you love what you're doing and you figured out a way to like not do the mundane stuff that you don't like doing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I've eliminated, you know, certain things over the years and, and, um, but there's, there's like the core thing that I do is, you know, I'll call every client and review all the quotes with them. Um, and then, well, not everyone, not everybody wants to talk on the phone, but the ones that want to talk on the phone will chat Um, And then I bind all the policies. But you know, the big thing for me is I, like I said at the beginning, it's everything's different. And I really enjoy interacting with people and hearing their story. And so I think what's helped make me successful is like, I truly love hearing people's stuff like I'm talking a lot right now. But typically, I'll ask questions. And I love hearing the answer. I feel like a lot of people ask questions, so they, they can tell their side of it, like they're not really listening to the response. So I, and and I've made lifelong friends through this too. And I go into that, like my referral partners, I I mean like 85% of them, I would feel like I could go and grab a drink with, and it would, they, and I could call them right now and be like, let's go, you know, let's go to the pub and have a pint. And they would do it, you know, and that, and that to me is success. Like, you know, we're, we're not only are we doing well together, but we're friends together, you know, like let's, let's just kind of do life as a team and just have a good time. with it. And that's, that's kind of my approach on that. That's awesome.
0: I, I, it's, it's, I was talking to another agent about he was, he's building um, an independent agency and he started building it and it started getting huge in the sense where there's so many people involved. And it's funny when we get into this or when we start a project, we don't think of the outcome. Like this is not the lifestyle that I want. You know what I mean? So he's changed his business model to cut down on the things that he doesn't like doing. (laughs) Yeah. Because managing that part of it, he's just like, this is, but it's funny that we don't think about that because honestly, the, one of the biggest parts of success isn't monetary, it's lifestyle because this is what what we're doing.
2: Yeah. And, and, and to your point, um, so being in the business for long enough and being a part of a traditional agency, the HR part of, you know, someone got sick or, you know, someone said this or they looked at me sideways, you know, all this stupid stuff that goes on sometimes. In the office, I just didn't want to have that dynamic, um, I, you know, when I and, I and I knew that going to another, you know, independent and doing a different model, I needed that service team because I just didn't want to I didn't want to be an HR guy like that just wasn't something I wanted to deal with. But the thing that changed, one of the things that really changed my mindset on everything is my wife and I went to Jamaica before I made this move, She and and she bought me a book. And I had my, I've kind of been eyeing it, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, it's probably, I was never into self-help, Tony Robbins, to me that stuff was just all, you know, hocus pocus garbage, and I, I didn't want to waste any money on it. She bought me the four-hour work week. And that is what, like, shifted my mindset, because, you know, growing up in a, in a, fully European household we went to Europe every summer for like a month and I always wanted to travel and you know Tim Ferriss talks about that design lifestyle like what do you really want out of your life so I started with the you know the end in mind when I created the agency I'm like I want to travel I want to try I want to do that I want to be in Europe for a month I want to go on spring break I want to I want to do that and, and have that be integrated into what I do and I got to make sure that This move is gonna allow me to do that. And and it has, because we do that every summer we go to we go to Europe for three to four weeks and you know, we go to Florida, we go to this, you know, we we take a lot of vacations. That's really an important part of um of my life and, and my kids. I like having them exposed to like different ways of doing things. The last year we went to, you know, um Spain, Portugal, Greece, went to back to Michigan to visit family. Um my son and I went to a Barcelona soccer game, like. That's kind of stuff that you can't put a price tag on. So it's not about, it's not about things for me. It's about experience. And that's another part of why I do what I do.
0: That's cool. So what would you, what advice would you give? There's so many agents that um, get into, don't start with the end goal in mind, get into a situation where they're working 12 hour days and they get bogged down and it's like, how do I get out of this?
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, my, I guess the best piece of advice I can tell them is, um, you know, before you, before you do anything, you know, think about what you want out of it. You know, think about, you know, are you getting a job just to pay your bills? Because you can get a job doing that anywhere you could do. I mean, but is this something you are passionate about? I had, I had one, one agent that I was mentoring, you know, he, you know, he made a comment to a rep one time. was like, I'm not like Dimitri. I don't love insurance. I just want to make money. And I called them up after I heard that. I'm like, dude, then you need to get out of the business. Like, this is not the right thing for you. So right. I just think that um, I think that if someone's working and grinding 12 hours a week and they hate what they do, they just need to reevaluate and do something else. Or they have to change their mindset. And if their mindset, if they don't have that passion for people or um, for conversations with people, building relationships find it. Everyone's got passion. And when I see lazy people, it's just because they haven't figured out what their passion is. So to me, it's like, if you hate what you do and you're lazy, you just need to figure out what it is that's going to wake you up in the morning where you can't sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you can, the beauty, the beauty about this business is you can design your agency to wrap around what your passion is. Absolutely. uh, Just like how you did it, how you've done it. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it is remarkable, and, and I find it interesting that, that you're in there talking to the clients, closing the business, and then able to pull yourself out of it at the same time. Does, it, it, does that – how do you replace yourself when you're gone for a month? Because
2: Yeah. You know. So it, it's difficult, but it would and – and, and some people will be like, oh, you work a lot, you do this and that, because I work on vacation. So I actually, I'm an early riser. So I wake up at like seven, no matter what, you know, what happened the night before, if I had a couple too many beers or whatever, I'm still up, it doesn't matter. So I'm up at seven and then I, I, I'm, i you know, it's about 10 o'clock and everybody gets, gets breakfast. So I probably work still five hours um, a day while I'm on vacation. Um, it's just much better scenery where I'm at. but um, And I always bring like a second monitor. Um, I don't talk to the clients. That's the only thing that is, there's a bit of a disconnect. So... I do have an agent in my office that kind of does what I, – I bind the policies where I'm at, but she'll call the client, review the coverages. So I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? It's it's It it works, and she's amazing. She does a really nice job of explaining it. She's very knowledgeable. She came from State Farm. Uh, she's been with me a while. So she kind of fills the void while I'm gone, and I try to lighten the load while you know I'm on vacation with some of the paperwork stuff.
0: That's awesome. super cool. What a different business model. Like, that's definitely – And I love it on the independent side. I love hearing there's really a billion ways to skin that cat. And we've heard a lot of different ways. And it's, it's cool. It's like a build your own life. Like you can really do that. That's a really cool thing about insurance. You can build it the way you want it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I and there's some agents in our Brightway system that like they love cold calling. They that's their that's their thing. They just they'll get on the phone and just jam out like a hundred calls a day or whatever. That's not my thing, and that's not and I again that was kind of end in mind. I I can't I don't even feel like I'm a salesman. Like that's not even something I am. I'm just a relationship builder and and everything like I said is incoming. So I don't make outbound phone calls. I make zero outbound phone calls a day um, about prospecting. So I provide a quote for the client. I do one follow-up and if they don't want it, they don't want it. I just, we just move on to the next one. Um, but I feel like, you know, every, every quote we send out is like, I always tell people this, I quote your house as if I'm buying that house. So this is not a bare bones policy. It's everything that you you and your family are going to need. So, uh, but again, yeah, I just, I didn't want my life to look like, you know, phone call, you know, dialing robo dialing all day. Some people love it and it's cool. Like, what you know, whatever people like to do, they do, but, Again, that wasn't what I wanted. That's why I kind of set up a different type of model.
1: I'm curious, what percent, what are you closing at? Like the, of the people that come in and it gets quoted, what level of, uh, you know, it closes?
2: Yeah, we're almost
1: 75%. And it's, that's without pushing. Well, cause it's, it's a referral. So it's.
2: warm already. So it's just, you know, I almost think all I gotta do is just not screw it up. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's amazing. It's a really good yeah. setup, man. You've you've engineered a really good process and it makes it easy. You actually don't need to be there.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. You should
1: just work from the beaches in Greece.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> That's cool. So what do you see within the industry that gets you excited about the future?
2: Um, you know, I as far as the insurance space is concerned, I don't. I mean, you hear about self-driving cars, and that doesn't get me excited because that'll, that'll eat into our auto insurance premiums. Um, but, I, you know, I don't know. Actually, the, the thing that I love is seeing Google try to come into our space, seeing all these big, you know, tech companies try to come in and, like, you know, just replace us. I, I don't, I, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't happen. But I love it when, I, when, we got, when agents like you and I come in there. We still slay it, and we still kill it even though there's all these other ways that people can have business, you know, it's like the Geico's, you know, they've got a call center and and they just had these, and, and I, you know, I shouldn't call them out, but I mean, they, you know, these, these guys sitting in a call center and it's like, I've been doing this for 18 years. I got some great people. We're in the community. Let's, let's, let's support our community. You know, let's, and I, and I feel like technology, at least in our world isn't taking that away yet. And I don't know that it will, like, I feel like, you know, there's still this connection that people want to have with people, you know, and and, um, I think technology is making everything more efficient, so that we can accommodate their needs in a way that they expect it to be done. But then they have that sense of mind that, yeah, Dimitri lives like, in my neighborhood, you know, and if I need him, I know he's there, you know, he's not just some random, you know, person that I've never seen, or I have no idea what he looks like or anything.
1: Yeah, at the end of the day, until there's some really good artificial intelligence that can help figure out how to make the recommendations the general public will continue to choose the wrong coverages because they just don't understand it you know and so um it's a complex product and i think that our challenge is is, is helping convey the message of how complex this product is for something they can't see or touch and they don't like
2: yeah and i always this is a line i use a lot of times with people it's you know when we're going over coverages and they want 50 100 i said listen you know I'm not, if I don't sell you this policy, I, my, I, you know, my family will still eat tonight, but if I sell you 50, a hundred, I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. And I'm going to tell you why. And so when I take, when I, when I don't sound like a salesman, then I think it's easier for them to be like, yeah, you're right. Like that makes sense. I I had, a I had a, a friend of mine who he moved to North Carolina, like I don't know, eight years ago, and he went to State Farm, he had 3060s. I quoted him out, never got back to me. And then he got into an accident, rear-ended, his wife rear-ended somebody with a suburban. And he's like, I called my State Farm agent, and they were like, kind of like, good luck. And I'm like, when I quoted you with 100, 300, I told you why. You know what I mean? And now you're living this out. That's not a conversation I'm ever going to have with one of my clients. So I try to kind of paint it in real terms, and in the price difference, I heard Ryan, you know, a couple of days ago when I was listening, you know, for what ten bucks extra a month or seven bucks extra a month, you, you're properly covered. And I think if you can convey that properly to people, and they they know that you have a like a passion behind you and a feeling that I, I care about you, and I'm not just saying this because I'm trying to upsell you. I'm saying this because I care about you. Right. And if you want that, let that go. It's all good but i want to make sure that if your wife rear-ends somebody you, you know you're not paying this claim out for the rest of your life
1: yep 100%. It,
0: that's the competitive advantage too when you're when any sales agent's trying to sell if you come at it from the the the, the perspective of just helping one right. of our agents in our office, she she just says to everybody, um, I'm going to help you with your insurance. She will never say quote. She won't say any of that sure. because it's – she doesn't want to do that. She just wants to help. Right, and exactly. And inadvertently, she's like usually one of the highest in sales Yeah. because that's the result of helping people. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Well, even like, even if, so we're home heavy, you know, we leave with a home because we work with lenders and realtors. So not, you know, we don't multi line everything. We, we, we line quite a bit, but you know, I'll, you know, they'll say, they'll say, you know what, Dimitri, it's you're like, you know, a hundred dollars more a month. And then I say, you know, send me your deck page. Let me just take a look at it. And so I'll look at it. I say, listen, it, it's not going to cost you much. You're at 50, a hundred, go to a hundred, 300, 100, at least you should consider 250, 500, 100. But if you don't, it is what it is, but just call up Geico. Tell me you want to make that change and just, that's what you should do and just stay with Geico because I can't even get close to that. So I'm, I feel like I'm pretty honest too. Like I at least say, this is what I would do if I were you, yeah. you don't have to go to me and that's, and, and in fact, you, I can't even get close to the rate call Geico, make the changes. You'll thank me later.
0: That's cool.
1: Yeah. So, so a little nugget. Right that there. is good. I'm writing down the minute. So we can
0: <laughs> include that the minute. What, um, so, you don't do any marketing right now. It's just all referrals and centers of influence.
2: Yeah. So, I'll do some events with people. We'll do, you know, mixers. We'll do, like, I, I speak at real estate, like, you know, continuing education classes. I had 120 realtors in a room and I did a presentation PowerPoint. Um, so, yeah, it's all around just building the relationship and then helping them do whatever they're doing. So, if they've got, like, an appreciation event, they need some money, I'll throw some money at it. And I actually tell them, like, don't even put my name on it. I don't I I don't need to be anywhere. You guys help me. You just, I'll, I'll give you a check for X and you just do what you do with it. And it just, just, I'm just here to help you guys out. Right.
1: Yeah, cause I mean, you put your name, they, people want their name all over the place. It doesn't do anything. Nobody's like, oh, there it is. You know, and then they pick <laughs> right. it up. It's like, come on, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. What, um, if you
0: started over again from scratch and you had to throw and you had no centers of influence and you had none of that no referrals where would you where would you throw some money at to get some to get some people in your agency
2: um so i would do the leads thing so i would buy leads off the bat i I just i just to gain some traction and then i would um i would just go out to networking events and say and, and i don't i don't it's kind of a I don't know a three ring circus because everybody's trying to pass you know a million cards out i'm like you know what that's not my thing and i'm i'm somewhat of an introvert anyway so that that whole scene i'm good one-on-one and in in a small group but i'm not good at like my wife's amazing and i used to take her to those events because she would like grab like handfuls of people you know and she's (laughs) amazing she's very genuine she's very amazing so she's really good at that but for me, it was like, you know what, if I met someone like, I'll never forget, I met this the one lender that, that was like the first true referral source I got here. And so he was, you know, trying to meet people. I said, here's my card. Let me grab yours. Let's grab drinks. Just you and I. But you do your thing and I do it. I'll do my thing, but I'll just catch up with you later. So I, I emailed him and said, listen, drinks are on me. I want to, you know, get to know a little bit about you. I want to know about your business. And, and maybe things will work out, maybe they won't, but let's let's get together. And so we had drinks, spent three hours at the bar. We had an amazing time. And that, that was the And I paid for the drinks. So that's where I threw some money and his food. Um, and then like, you know, I got a shot at a couple of deals and then the branch manager gave me a shot and then, and then him and I became friends. And so, you know, the money that I spend is, is, it was all more or less just on, you know, uh, presentations, um, bringing in lunch for all these realtors, or just drinks and dinner with, with people that were in the business. I mean, that was it. That was a hundred percent of how I, how I grew it.
0: That's cool. And it goes back to that whole thing of just building relationships, not trying to get something out of everybody.
2: Right. I mean, and, and actually some, it's funny. So I have one guy, he probably sends me a deal once every other month and, and, and I, it is what it's, I'm cool with it, you know, but, him and I will go watch soccer games, you know, every month together at the pub and we'll hang out. We don't even talk about business. He knows what I do. I don't even talk about it. I don't even care. And, and, and that's that to me is just, it, and it'll come around. And then he has another a person that works within his team that just murders it and is sending me business now. So like, it'll all come around. Just, I, I always tell people, I'm like, be yourself. You know, people don't like you. If, if you're trying to be yourself and they don't like you, then that's just, that, that's, that's not someone you want to work with. You know, like <laughs> right. you just got to be yourself. And I feel like some people get caught up in this, like this thing where they're just, they have a certain way of being or someone told them they have to act this way or this. I'm like, you have to be yourself. And that's the only way you're going to be successful. And people are going to see through it. If you're not yourself, people are going to see that you're fake.
0: True. What was the best advice that anybody gave you that just kind of changed your mindset? and and
2: um. Just, you know, not to care, you know, don't care what other people think, you know, because I, I mean, my dad was an immigrant that he came from Greece with nothing like he literally came off the boat and didn't know the language. He was 16 years old and, and he created a life for himself and he became extremely successful. But his big thing was he, he just didn't care. And he always told me, he's like, I, no one will ever outwork me if I fail. It's because of me. It wasn't because I didn't work hard enough. And so that always stuck with me, you know, like even today, I mean, I, I still work like 50 hours a week and it's like, I never want to be outworked. and it's not about, and I want to be the best. So I just want to be at the top of the list every week. So that's, that's one of the big things, you know, that my dad kind of instilled in me. It's like, be the best. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you sweep floors, sell insurance. Whatever you're a teacher, you have to be the best at what you're doing, and so that just kind of stuck with me. Just simple stuff, you know, wasn't anything that nobody's ever heard before, but it just clicked
1: out hustle them, it. and you'll win every single time. Every single time. Well, Dimitri, yeah. thank you so much, man. This has been awesome, really good to have you. Um, if anybody wants to find you, how uh, can they find you?
2: Um, so they Find me on LinkedIn. Um, just type in Dimitri Apostle, dimitriapostle.com, um, uh, Facebook. Um, I'll send you guys all the links as far as uh, you know the the exact verbiage. But yeah, they can find me all over if they just type Dimitri Apostle Apostol Brightway. You'll find me. I'll be right up there.
1: Perfect.
0: Awesome, man.
1: Thank you. Cool. Okay.
0: Love what you've done. Thanks,
2: guys. I really appreciate it. You, you guys do an
0: awesome job.
1: life. Thanks, dude. Thanks, <laughs> man. Have a good one. Right? <laughs>
0: Have a good one. All right. See you guys. Hey, you've got to check out the Insurance Dudes Inner Circle. Coming soon where you get extended interviews as well as live coffee talks in our private Facebook group. Join the mailing list today at theinsurancedudespodcast.com. Hey, thanks for checking out the Insurance Dudes. Hey, please subscribe. we got some really great stuff coming out.